Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl Andrea here and I'm so glad that you were able to join me for another edition of the devotional series. Today's message is part four and we're going to do like another take on this, um, hoping that God will allow us to get through this message. Uh, For those that are like, what is she talking about? I did a message yesterday um, for part three and it was actually supposed to be this message I'm going to teach today or try to teach today uh, or speak to you about today and God just kind of shifted the conversation yesterday and so the it, it went in the way he wanted it to go and so yesterday's message was preference I'm mean, excuse me purpose over preference um, it was supposed to be today's message which is how bad do you want it so if you go and listen to um, purpose over preference you'll hear me in the beginning say that that message was titled how bad do you want it but God just showed up and shifted that message in such a beautiful way that I just let God you know take the reins you know because it's really not about me getting a message to you guys it's more about God getting a message to you guys what is it that Jesus and his Holy Spirit wants to share with you so that's important so I'm just here to be a vessel and so I may make my plans but the Lord determines my steps And, you know, so I may take time studying to give you guys a word, but it's always about what God wants to do. So we're going to give this another try and see if we can get through how bad do you want it? If God, you know, decides to shift it again, then God shifts it again and we will try again at another time to get through how bad do you want it? Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, we come to right now. I just want to say thank you for being just who you are. You show up and you give us a timely word, no matter what our plans are. I thank you, God, that you determine our steps, that we can choose to do things or show up in a certain way, but it is always your will at the end of the day. And so thank you, Father God, that your will prevails over ours because you know the plans you have for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans give us a hope in the future. And so since you know those plans and since you know the purpose that you have for our lives, then you know the steps that we have to take. You know the path that we have to go. You know the the roads we have to travel on. And so God, just continue to direct us and order our steps. We surrender it all to you because it's for your glory. At the end of the day, we are just humble servants here to do what the Father tells us to do. You are the potter, Father God. We are the clay. Continue to mold us and shape us and rearrange us and craft us into the marvelous work that you can say, well done it. That you can smile and shine a light through us. That we can be a a light on a hilltop, illuminating people to Jesus. Being salt in the earth, flavoring people's lives leaving our marks in a good way every step we take heal us from past hurts and pains father god 
Heal us from getting in our own way. Forgive us when we choose our way but yours. Thank you, God, for being gentle with us. Get the glory, honor, and praise from our lives. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So um, today I'm going to do a little bit of teaching with this How Bad Do You Want It message because I realized that many times people want things in their life, whether it be a relationship, friendship, you want a different family. Hello, somebody. Sometimes you like, can we just throw this family away? Just throw them in the trash. I don't want to do another Thanksgiving with them, okay? <laughs> I get it, baby. I've been there, done that. <laughs> so I get it. But, you know, I, I believe God is saying today to us, how bad do you want what he has for you? You know, I think that's why he had me pivot with the conversation yesterday about purpose over preference. Because if your preference is more important than his purpose, then you don't want it bad enough. I mean, honestly, you really don't want his will bad enough. God's will is perfect for our lives. But if you want your plans to work, you want your will to be done because you think you know what is the better life for you? You think you know what's best? You think you know who's the better person that should be in your life? Then God says, okay. You know, he throws his hand up until you get to the point of surrender. I believe that God continues to watch over us. You know, but but as we know from even with the ancient Israelites, he has times where he'll turn his back on us. Where he will take his hand of grace off of us when we choose to continue going in our own way. But I believe God still stays close enough to hear his children call out his name and repent. Repent means turn from your wicked ways. And so I believe that God stays close enough to us where because he's a gentleman, because he gives us free will, he allows you to say no, to reject his will. And he says, okay. But he's close enough that when you realize doing it your way and your own strength doesn't work and you cry out to him, he can pick you up and put you back on the right path you're meant to be on. He can extend forgiveness and grace to you. How bad do you want what you say you want? And then why do you want it? I mean, have you thought about that? I know I've done it. I've done a lot of reflection over the years. Um... Because God had to heal me from a lot of things. Um, and as I reflected, there were some things that I had to realize, why did I want that? You know, what? Let, let's say, for example, if it's a job that you want, a job promotion you want, why do you want it? You know, it, it has, if, if your cop out is because it makes more money, could I submit for your consideration that more money won't solve your problems? You may think it will because you're like, well, I have these bills and I have this and this and this and these are the moves I want to make. So more money will, you know, solve it. But honestly, even the biggest rappers in the world have said more money, more problems. Just because you get more money, even billionaires have said this. More money doesn't solve your problems if you don't know how to manage it. It's not about more money. It's about self-discipline. Are you disciplined enough to not spend the money you have on frivolous things that you don't need? A lot of people think they know what they need, but you really don't. You need food, shelter, clothing. 
maybe healthcare, depending on, you know, your lifestyle. But with that is the basics. So if you're like, well, I need food, but what's in your cupboard? You don't need to go out to the restaurant tonight. You can learn how to cook. (laughs) And if you know how to cook, then cook some food. You have food in your house. If not, go to the market. Take that same $50 to $100 or more, depending on what restaurant you went to, that you're about to spend just for one night out and go buy some groceries and make yourself some food. That will actually last you a lot longer than that one meal that you're going to get at that restaurant for that night. Yes, you need clothing, but do you need all the designer brands and all the latest fashions that Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, and Jay and Beyonce release? Or can you go to a secondhand store? Can you go to a Burlington or a Ross somewhere and buy for less than that designer outfit? The same hundred dollars you would have spent on a on one T-shirt by Beyonce, you can get a couple items. That you need. Yes you need clothing. But be smart in it. And then. Do you have enough already? You know. I've, I've realized. Even people that I'm around. That are like. Oh I no, I really need some shoes. But I could open your closet. And see a ton of shoes. So you don't need shoes. You want some shoes. Because if you need something to cover your feet. You have something to cover your feet. It's just that you want what you want. Be honest about that. It's okay if you want what you want. But don't say, I want this job promotion because I need the money in order to pay this. When you realize that, again, it's more about discipline than anything. Discipline and contentment. Can you be content with your lot? Can you be content with what you have? You could have more at the level that you're at without feeling like you need the next. Because you'll get the next and then feel like you need the next. And on and on and on. It's a drug you keep chasing. Because you, you'll never have enough. Because you'll never be content. How bad do you want God's plans for your life? It's the same way. Because God will give you his plan. God will give you his purpose. God will give you his blessing. And it won't be enough. You'll still find yourself chasing after the next. You'll still find yourself craving something that he didn't design for you. This is why people, you ever heard the saying, the grass is green on the other side? It's not really green on the other side, it's green. (laughs) It's just from your angle and perspective, because you're not content with your grass, you think that the next person's grass is greener. But then you'll get the next person's grass and be complaining about the next person's grass. And then onward and onward, it never stops. Because you didn't realize contentment. Let me be content with what I have. Let me be thankful for what I have. Do I really want that? Do I really need it? Maybe I'll (laughs) reword this from how bad do you want it to how bad do you need it? Because we need God's will for our life. He knows the plans he has for us. Before he formed us in our mother's wombs, he knew us and set us apart for a purpose. We have to tap into the father to find out what that purpose is and then how to achieve it. And everybody's purpose won't be the same. 
One person's purpose will be to go out and write a book. Another person's purpose will be to go out and invent this uh, new design and patent it that will be a household appliance that will help people around the world. Another person's purpose will be to start a ministry. Another person's purpose will be to um, go to law school and be the best lawyer it can be. I mean, everybody's purpose is different. We have a grand purpose of discipling people to Jesus, and there's different ways we can do that. But each individual's purpose is different. And so you have to ask yourself, how bad do I want God's purpose over my life? How bad do I want what God wants for me? I should need that more than anything. He knows what's best for me. I want to read you some scriptures. I think I'm going to start with... um, I'm going to start with Luke. Luke chapter 14... It's a pretty lengthy scripture, so bear with me. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 35. I've read this scripture to you before in a message I talked about in season one called The Cost of Discipleship. Uh, And so if you have not heard that particular episode, go and check it out. It's very powerful about counting the cost um, of what you want. And so it reads as follows. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciples, you must be, you must by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciples. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without First, calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciples without giving up your your way of doing things, but without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but it loses its flavor. How do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good n- neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away and trampled underfoot. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so what this scripture is saying is the whole theme of this message. How bad do you want it? You have to want it bad enough. You have to want God's will. That's what I'm talking about. It's not just about like, oh, your purpose, your destiny, your plans and and things like that. Your, your family, your marriage, all those things are great to have because God made us for community. But he's saying, how bad do you want his purpose, his will over your preference? 
how bad do you want to choose to follow in his direction? I've realized even on my journey of healing that there are some people and, and you know, I won't just say my journey of healing. I would say my journey of healing and then my journey of ministry and counseling other people. There are some people that just want their way. That's it. As I talked about yesterday, you know, I was counseling one particular person in a class I was teaching and they were like, everything you're saying is so good and true. And I, and I know it's right, but I, and I know I should do it and I have to do it. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to heal because it's too hard to face the past. It's too much work. It's too painful to go back there. And so this is the same person that, you know, in another breath would say they're sick and tired of things or they want change, but then you don't want to do the work. So then the question becomes, how bad do you want it? Do you really want it bad enough? Because if you want it bad enough, you get desperate. And that's where I got from me. Like, I didn't just get here um, just because I was like, oh, you know, I want to be healed. And then, okay, voila, here I am. I got desperate for it. I was tired of, um, first of all, I was tired of the pain and I was tired of the confusion I felt not understanding what God was doing in my life. And so once I stopped fighting God on the pruning process, I then asked him, you know, what must I do to make the change? And the biggest thing was you need to face what you keep running away from because I spent years running away from my past. I spent years running away from the pain. I spent years suppressing things that um, caused me harm, that just affected me mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. I'm talking about from everything from church hurt to betrayal from friends and family to um, physical and sexual abuse in my life to depression to grief. Of, you know, people who died in my life. I mean, and onward and onward. Like, I, I would bury those things. And I would just try to try my best to ignore it. And eventually, I couldn't ignore it anymore. I could not run away from the depression. I couldn't run away from and sh- or shake the heartache I was feeling. I couldn't run away from the hurt anymore. I had to get to the point where I dealt with it and I was desperate to deal with it. I wanted it bad enough to get rid of it. And so I did the work. Yeah, it was hard facing my past. Yeah, it was hard um, being accountable for my actions or inactions when I was in relationships with people that I knew from the beginning. I should not have been in a relationship with those people. Like I knew it. There were red flags from the very get-go, but I still chose to be in those relationships. So I can't say that person hurt me. I take accountability for my own actions. I knew they weren't right anyway when I went into it. So I opened myself up to be hurt. No, they shouldn't have took advantage, but I got to take my accountability. I got to, you know, be intentional about my part that I played in it. I got desperate for it. That's how bad I wanted it. But so many people don't want they don't want it. You say you want it, but you don't want it. You're not desperate enough to go after it and get it. People are prioritize what they want to prioritize. Most people want money so desperately, as I was saying earlier, that they will do anything and everything, including sacrifice family, sacrifice friendships, 
sacrifice happiness, sacrifice joy, sacrifice their own peace and rest, health and well-being for the sake of that dollar. That's how bad they want that dollar. That's how bad they want their promotion. That they don't care who they have to throw under the bus to get it. They will sacrifice their integrity to get it. That's not good. But it proves the point that that what are your priorities? How bad do you want your priorities? And then is it time or preference? And is it time to shift that preference to purpose? Is God saying to you today, divorce your preference and go after my purpose? Become just as bad as you wanted your preference. Shift that same passion towards God's purpose. And and be bold, be desperate about wanting that bad enough. It makes me think about two stories in the Bible. Elisha, Elijah. They're kind of like the same story. Um, and Jonah. And when it comes to Elisha, this is from 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. I'm going to read the scripture real quick before I discuss it. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. And this is 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 through 21. Now, here's one extreme of a man who chose his purpose. A man who wanted his purpose bad enough that he was willing to sacrifice his livelihood. He was willing to sacrifice his preference. He's willing to sacrifice the way he's always been doing it to go after his purpose, to go after God by any means necessary. He was willing and he was devoted to doing it. He was, he wanted it bad enough. But then there's the flip side of a man named Jonah, another prophet who God called to lead his people and to give a word to a town called Nineveh. And Jonah didn't want to. Now, this is a, the whole book of Jonah. So you got to go read that particular book in the Bible of Jonah. It's not a particular um, chapter verse like I did with Elisha and Elijah, but Jonah didn't want to do it. And so he decided to go to Tar- Tarshish, excuse me, instead and a big storm came and hit the boat that he was on. And before the boat um, capsized, they threw him overboard. Because they were like, we're not about to die with you, the, the sailors. And he got swallowed by a whale and or a big fish, as the Bible says. And right before he was about to die in the whale's belly, he cries out to Jesus. He cries out to God and says, Lord, please save me. And if you save me, I will do your will. It ties into what I said earlier about 
How bad do you want it? Are you willing to get at the end of you in order to pick up God's purpose? Sometimes if you choose to do your way, God throws his hands up and says, okay, cool. You do it your way. But he sticks close by so that when you get tired, like Jonah, of running and you choose to say, I'm done trying to do it my way. It hasn't worked. I want your way because I know, God, you have better for me. Then God picks you up. And just like with Jonah, the whale or the big fish spit him out onto the the shore of Nineveh where he was supposed to be anyway. God will always get you to the path that he always had for you in the first place. But it's just about are you going to pivot and go the way he's telling you to go? Or will you continue going down the dead end road that you're handed on because you think you know best? Yes, God's way may mean sacrificing some things, like Jesus said, of counting the cost in Luke chapter 14. It may mean sacrificing some things. It may mean sacrificing some people. It may mean giving up things that, that were comfortable for you, things that were your preference. It's going to also require doing the work, like even Elisha did with slaughtering the oxen. But it's worth it in the end. You will see if you choose to take the journey. How bad do you want to see what's on the other side? How bad do you want to see if there's victory on the other side of your pain, on the other side of your bondage, on the other side of your blockage? How bad do you want to see the best version of yourself? You will not see the best version of yourself doing it in your own strength. You will not see the best version of yourself doing it in your own will. It's not going to happen. You'll see a version of yourself, but it won't be the best version of yourself. You only see the absolute best version of yourself in the father's hand. You got to make the choice to say to yourself today, look at the man or woman in the mirror and say, how bad do you want it? And are you willing to do what it takes to go after it? Are you willing to give up your way for God's way? Are you willing to, piggybacking off of yesterday's message, give up your preference for God's purpose? And so I pray this message stirred your faith, gave you some things to think about. Above all, continue to pray, guys. Read your words, study and meditate on a day and night. Let God guide you. Let him be a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. He knows the plans he has for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. You just have to trust in the process. It takes work, but become devoted to it. Become devoted to the process that nothing is going to shake you from the journey. Because you understand that there's something on the other side that I need to go after and see. God's not going to bring me this far to drop me or lose me, nor leave me. He won't forsake me. He will get me through this storm. He will help me overcome the pain of my past. He will heal me from my transgressions. If I just learn to trust and leave my life in the hands of the Father. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. God bless.